0: I'm Tracy Hickman.
1: And I'm Laura Hickman.
0: And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday
1: Night.
2: Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war.
3: Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess,
2: confess that you will give you a witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people.
1: Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up.
3: Bye-bye Saturday night.
2: Good evening, everybody, unless it's morning, in which case, what the hell are you doing up this early? And welcome to another educational time when you listen to stuff and we say stuff and possibly you learn stuff. It's another recording at the Area 51 Recording Studios of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We are the only podcast to guarantee that if you listen, you're going to learn stuff. And we are retaining our carbon neutrality for the rest of this fiscal year. And we are guaranteed to be all electric before the end of twenty twenty three. Cam, have you uh, sent in the uh, the certificates for our uh, all electric stuff?
1: It's somewhere around here, yes I know. I bet. You because haven't sent it in. I, I think it it's underneath the You some generators it in. over there. Well, they might be oh, over, you know shit. I've I've been you We're know, supposed
2: to be going all electric. Well, I have these these panels, these solar panels sitting here in the office. Uh, and and some guy came in and said, do you want these set up? And I said, no, because we're underground. How's that supposed to work? And he looked at me and he said, I don't know. And I said, well, if you don't know and you're the one who's setting them up, how the am I supposed to know? Anyway, hi, I'm a vaccinated host, the Dome. Um, I haven't gotten my booster yet because uh we're still arguing over which booster I'm supposed to get. Um, and instead, they just sent over a booster seat, which is really stupid. Uh, this is episode 529, which means we've been doing this far too long. And tonight episode is, is listed as forwarded to the past with old friends and new. And I'll explain what that means in just a minute. Tonight's another mask-mandated episode because we're fully quarantined. And in, in this episode... Um, it's gonna be interesting. Uh joining me in the Area 51 broadcast facility tonight at the Clickbait Fact Checking Wheel of Fortune and Sonic Green Gummy Bear Snack Pack Shack. It is Captain Cam. Wow, that vibration means my phone won't shut off. Which is kind of interesting. Hey Cap. Yes. Um I got some feedback on that that uh Quantum thing that we put out last week.
1: Quantum mechanics, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um, I couldn't figure out why it wouldn't embed in our web page, and somebody said quantum simply will not embed. And I don't understand what that means.
1: It's probably just because it ends up on somebody else's web page. okay. Yeah, what's the nature of quantum mechanics, you know, you, know, so you don't ha- you, know, you need to know that um, that degree of where you need to put it so that it embeds on our Web page. So what I'm thinking is we need to hack Amazon. We need to put it under, uh, let's say.
2: Uh, <laughs> hack rota- Amazon. Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, I would like a penis shaped rocket and we won't hack you.
1: Jeff, of course, Jeff, all the time. Of course, he does. So, you know, don't worry, Jeff, we won't do any damage. You know, we, we need to put it in the section that sells cement mixers. If we put it there on the right page, <laughs> I've quite figured that part out, it will embed it in oh our God. website.
2: All right, whatever. Whatever. I oh, was speaking with Kriana today, her cats are doing well. And I we wanted to say that congratulations to her cats. Criana and Sombrarians cats, they're doing well. Our buddy Mark Leslie sent over a book. It's the latest in the Canadian Werewolf series. And it's, it's different um, because it's the book right after right after um, right after Lex died. And it, I a little bit of me died when Lexi died. Let's bring in, let's bring in uh, Mark Leslie. Mark, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night.
0: Hey, hey, Dome, how's it going? Great to be back.
2: Hey, thanks, man. It's always a pleasure having you here. Um, this is the first book you've ever co-written in the in the Canadian Werewolf series. And let's bring in your co-writer, Julie Strauss. Hey, Julie, welcome.
3: Hello. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, it's a a pleasure being had here. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, Well, I don't know if it's a pleasure. You'll find out whether or not it's a pleasure when we're done. But in any case, um, thanks for coming by. Um, This is the first book, Mark, that you've ever co-written with anyone else?
0: In uh, in this universe, yes. Um, Yeah. First fiction book.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah. So you took, you took your Canadian werewolf universe, which has been solely yours for ever. Yeah. And just said, um, to Julie, come right with me. Yeah. Okay. So my first question is, how do you, how do you know? How did you guys meet? How do you know each other? Uh,
0: We met at a conference in Austin in, oh my God, 2014, 15, 16, 20, many, many moons ago. And uh, we then met at other conferences and and kind of uh, formed a friendship. Um, I also have read, all of julie's books and i absolutely adore her novels she is such a brilliantly talented writer she's also an editor and i've worked with her uh as an editor um writer and editor and i and 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 i trusted her in every way possible but the biggest trust i had to put in her was bringing life to gail because i tried to write this book almost for two years I tried really hard. I had readers who wanted to know the backstory. Well, how did Michael and Gail first meet and fall in love? You know, I, I, I allude to it in, in the first novel.
2: A number of times. Yeah, you. you you mentioned it yeah. over and over again. And Throughout the Michael, stories. Was,
0: yeah, Yeah. and he's still in love <laughs> with her. And, and 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 so there's this this tension that was always there. And I thought, well, let, I want to tell the story of how they met and fell in love. It needs to be a romance novel. Well, who better than my trusted dear friend, Julie, who writes amazingly hilarious romance novels? And I do have to say, there is a scene in Fear and Longing in Los Angeles that is an ode to one of Julie's novels, Prosecco Heart. The scene in the bar, and that bar Julie created, uh, a fictitious bar, and uh, there's a scene where Michael's there at the at, at, this, at the, um, the, the Skull Crusher
2: Brewery. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah.
0: And when Michael overhears this uh, woman who says, oh, my God, there's a penis on your forehead because one of the one of the porn um, uh, splatter porn <laughs> videos is, is uh, her friend stands up and, and the projector is like bouncing off his forehead. That's a scene from Julie's novel. And I thought it would be such a great, cool little Easter egg to put the same scene in my novel, but have Michael overhear Tabitha, her main character, see that scene and so so julie's already been in my universe (laughs) technically um from a previous book but
2: and that's fair but it takes a certain person to play in that sandbox i mean i mean and i i'm it's it's and and i'm not being mean and i'm not being cruel and i'm not being anything but honest but julie you know working in in working in the, the horror and 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 werewolves and and that kind of stuff is not your forte
3: no you are exactly right about that
2: and so so when when mark said to you Hey, come play in come play in my sandbox. What do you think?
3: Absolutely not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm assuming that if he's read all your books, conversely, you've probably read most, if not all of his stuff as well.
3: I've read most. He actually warns me off of a lot of them because every time he releases a book, I buy it and I say, I'm so excited to read this. And he'll say, no, 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 this one's not for you um, (laughs) because I'm terrified of everything scary and gory. And um, so a lot of times he'll warn me not to read them if he thinks they are too much for me. But I'm a big fan of the Canadian Werewolf series and um, so I, I knew what I was getting into and I knew it was not too gory or too frightening for someone as delicate as me.
2: It wasn't, it wasn't going to, to bruise your delicate sensibilities.
3: Exactly. Right. Gotcha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so there you are and you're both kind of, gently dancing in each other's sandboxes.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: And you don't live within any close proximity to each other.
3: Oh no, we're across the continent.
2: Right. So so how how does the writing process begin? And work because before before we even get to that, let me tell you, let me let me let me give you my two cents, or or a buck and a quarter, or or, or five dollar review, and, and that is this. Holy shit, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, there was a time. <laughs> And I'm not proud of this. Um, I have a friend who I had to be talked into reading their book a long, long time ago. She writes paranormal romance and she sent a book into us unsolicited and I just kind of went, no, 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 no. I don't read that stuff. And everybody around me went, shut up and read it and i went no it's paranormal romance and that's no 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 and oh by the way no (laughs) and they kind of just shoved it down my throat and i went my isn't this beautiful (laughs) And, and then i got to be friends with a guy by the name of christopher golden who writes Buffy the Vampire Slayer and God, isn't that beautiful? And you know, this kind of stuff. And and I kind of learned to shut up and read um, because if you take these preconceived notions out of your goddamn mouth and throw them away, you might learn that there's stuff uh, out there that uh, are, are really amazing and this isn't a romance novel and this isn't a paranormal novel. this is somewhat of a, 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 a frosty freeze of both <laughs> kind of a mix of, of, of both. And it's, it's just really beautiful. Thank
3: you.
1: That
2: tell us how you really feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's difficult. Um, uh, so i mean you know i for the life of me this this long distance making this work as well as it did astounds me from the standpoint of getting these two characters uh both of which i've come to know through other books work as well as they have together and one of which has grown significantly through this and one of which grew differently than she had in any of the other books so how did this work for you guys
0: uh well
2: um i'm sorry that was an incredibly long setup on my part so i'll (laughs) shut the hell up now
0: I'll, i'll start but i think um julie and i not only write in different genres but we have two completely different styles of of working Julie is very organized and and uh, fastidious about timelines and things like that. And I am just com- a complete mess. Make it up as I go along. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll throw it up there and see if it sticks. And so what we had to do was initially, I mean, I, I, we kind of had to talk about the idea of doing this, how we would do it. And then we even had to talk about the rules for the universe. And Julie asked some really, really great questions about the magic in the universe and how many paranormal creatures are there outside of the, the very few that we've met so far and Gail's backstory. But we were, we were also bound by a bunch of things I talked about in previous novels. So for example, I talk about her favorite uncle, uncle Albert, who we realize isn't actually an uncle, but a close friend of the family that she calls uncle Albert, because there's only one male in her family and which is important to, to what we're going to be doing in the future no spoilers but uh we also talked about certain elements that we wanted to plant in this book subtly so that intuitive readers would go oh i think i know what's going on here uh and that's to set up for the next book and that's to set up for the book after that and the book after that and but then we also had the the constraints of i have a bunch of readers who've been following this sequence of the stories, you know, Michael and and Gail, his best friend, and Lex and the adventures that they've gone on. And there's yes, the last two books had uh, had romance or romantic elements in them because there was a love story that was very central to both stories, but it wasn't a romance. This had to be a romance, complete from the 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 opening tropes, the the setups, all the things. Um, But it also had to exist in the universe, so we had to talk about that. So we did a lot of Zoom chats for, I don't know, Julie, how many hours do you think we did in Zoom chats before we even started writing?
3: Yeah, many, because we just had to talk through the story and how we would make it work and how we would adjust accordingly, given that I do not have familiarity with writing in this genre.
0: Right. So we had a sheet, uh, a, a beat sheet, which uh, w- was um, uh, uh, when you there's a book by Gwen Hades uh, called "Romancing the Beat," Hayes, and it and mm-hmm. it provides a really great structure for how to how to beat out a a romance story. And so we started to play with that, and Julie did an amazing job of of mapping out based on our discussions what she felt the story would be. We kicked it back and forth a few times, and then she did the thing that I think she thought was going to, you know, give me a coronary, but she created a schedule for the month of March 2022 and said, okay, here's the schedule, which is basically, okay, um, on the first, I'll write the epilogue. And then on the second, you write the chapter one and on the third, uh, you know, I'll write chapter two and, and, and we round Robin the novel. Well, it wasn't exactly that tight. We, We did have like some days off and some days in between. And because I'm on, in Eastern time, and she's in Pacific time. You can damn well bet that, um, being a guy who works to deadline, I, I realized, well, Julie's not going to be up for a few hours. <laughs> I still have a little bit of time today.
2: <laughs> nice, nice, working the time zones to your advantage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we we wrote the first draft of that novel, uh, and we were actually finished uh, a few days early in March.
2: Let me ask you a question about the format, because the format, too, is very interesting. It's not only broken down into days, but it's broken down into he and she. Um, was that a decision you made early on, a kind of a dual narrative?
0: Yeah, I think so.
3: It, that's a very common um, format in romance Novels, particularly contemporary romances, um, where it's alternating chapter by chapter, and then you get the resistance and the conflict from within each person. So the reader often knows what's going on, what's holding each character back. Um, and so, and in addition to that, it was kind of important to do because I was nervous about writing in this you know I don't have a lot of familiarity with paranormal outside of Mark's books I just don't read a lot of uh, urban fantasy or paranormal aspect elements and so to alternate like that let us stay sort of in our lanes because for the well I guess almost all of this book other than the epilogue and prologue Gail does not know what's going on um gosh I hope that's not a spoiler but In general, Gail does not know, as they are falling in love, what's about Michael being a werewolf. So alternating like that made it really easy to keep in with the format that we have set up of this romance between these mismatched people.
2: It's it's interesting, too, watching Gail's maturation over the course of the previous books and through this book because she goes through some significant changes in order to to make these changes happen Julie, did you spend some time with those previous books or did you kind of make some decisions on your own
3: no i spent a lot of time with them and i spent a lot of time talking to mark about them because i really love the adoration that michael has for gail i think it is wonderful and very sexy and and romantic and, and and tragic because you know they haven't really been together even though they clearly want to be but i i also had to look at it as a creative and and i had to say very honestly to mark i can't write a perfect character that's not interesting and it it won't be interesting in my writing you're going to have to let me mess with her a little bit you're going to have to let me give her some quirks and some flaws and some some you know some negative personality traits you know perfection is Simply not interesting. And if we're going to get to know Gail, I want to make her human. So I was, I, that was ultimately what helped me get over my nervousness of writing this book with Mark was that he was so open to letting me sort of mess around with his absolutely idealized character.
1: The thing that, I'm sorry, go ahead. This leads me to a question, actually, because this is something that as I was reading this and I love the way you've developed Gail. She she really does come alive more than she has in any of the other books I've read. She really comes alive. Like you said, you've given her those flaws which kind of make her come out a bit like Michael's wonderful flaws. I love the flaws of Michael. He makes him so much that I love the character of Michael. And I'm not usually a big fan of main characters, Mark, but I mean, I love Michael as a character and now julie has kind and julie has taken gail and bring her brought her to the forefront but i'm just curious uh, is uh, mark what was the toughest thing what, what was the i'm trying to think is uh, you know it's like cuz there's a lot of things that i i'm curious who was the person that instigated certain parts of the books like wow. gail's boyfriends and I'm using <laughs> the air quotes which nobody can see so i'm just curious <laughs> What was, what was it that, you know, that she did that pushed you maybe a little bit? You know, what did she do? Where are her, you know, where are her stamps on this that besides this wonderfully giving Gail all these wonderful little flaws, is there any other stamps that maybe she kind of, you know, you know, what did you have to let go of that, you know, she was able to, you know, kind of give you a a whole nother perspective on?
0: Well, Well, the key thing. So this is the fifth book in the series. And the key thing is that in none of the other stories do you ever, ever get anyone else's point of view but Michael's, right? It's just his first-person point of view. So it's very flawed in that you only get what he tells you. And what we learn, um, I mean, I I trust Julie explicitly. I had started to write the chapter, where uh, the Gail point of view chapter, and I had her jogging by herself bumps into the old boyfriend dumps the slushy on his head uh or whatever the the morning uh, drink was that she had Mm -hmm. but in all honesty there was some humor to it um i did have the opening sounding like she was in the middle of sex but she was running uh because i was going i was trying to go for the humor but she was very one-dimensional and very stereotypical and when julie took a look at that chapter she breathed an incredible life into it she created her Gail's brother and she rewrote that entire chapter in a way that when I read it I went oh my god this was the best decision I ever could have made this is like I uh, so the stamp that Julie makes is she not only takes a character, I was, like Michael, I was so in love with Gail, I, I was afraid to take her down off the pedestal and look at her as a human, and Julie did that brilliantly, but the elements of humor, here's the other thing that happened, is every chapter I got back from Julie, the alternating chapters, I laughed my ass off, <laughs> I was howling, it just, just how freaking hilarious it was, just how fun it was, which reminded me of why I wanted uh, Julie's uh, hand on this because her books are, are 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 a riot. I really enjoy them. I mean, and there there are scenes in her books where I wanted to throw the book across the room because I was so pissed off. That's how that's how she grabs you emotionally. So I wanted that stamp. But every time she sent the chapters back, I'm like, damn it, I'm gonna have to up my game. I'm not funny enough. Her chapters are really funny. I'm gonna have to up my game. So so any of the humor that's even in my chapters, uh, comes from from Julie. And we also did tinker with each other's stuff a little bit. Um, and and I think my writing's a lot better because of that.
3: Mm, I feel the same way.
2: So that brings to mind what is perhaps the real question here, and that is: every one of the Canadian werewolf books ends with a cliffhanger, and that's not the name of uh, of a person although it would be a great name for a person. <laughs> it is, in fact, you leave us wanting more. And thankfully, this time, you didn't kill anybody, although you did send someone to an asylum who did, in fact, need to be there. And I have no qualms with that. Okay. Um, my question to you is this. Is this project now a two-person project?
1: Yeah, that's actually <laughs> my question too. Are we going to see more of Julie's influence throughout you know maybe not, maybe not in the next book, but you know, are we going to see more oh, of Oh
2: bullshit? Julie's- what do you mean maybe not in the next
1: book? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if you Mark's already got the next book. Excuse me,
2: I'm voting oh. for the next book. Do I get a vote in this? <laughs> no. I would like a vote in this.
3: Yeah, Mark, uh, what the hell? yeah i know
2: we
0: actually were talking about this earlier today um
2: and
0: i am 100% open uh to that and uh we're trying to figure out what the next book is going to be um i have it up for pre-order comes out what is it march 2023 i have my cover designer design a nice cover and uh gave it a title hex in the city um, and right now it says Mark Leslie, but so did Lover's Moon. So Lover's Moon <laughs> said Mark Leslie in the and then changed everything, uh, even changed the cover to actually fit Gail better. Um, so I don't, I honestly don't know. And, and, and I don't know if Julie knows yet if we've, if we've decided, cause that's a, a thing we're deciding together.
3: Yeah, I'm all in. And I, th- the problem is I keep coming up with these things and sort of hinting to Mark and I, I'm not sure if he realizes that I'm being serious, but I keep saying things like, you know what would be neat is if we write a story about Gail's mom and what the hell's going on there. Or, you know what else would be neat is why is there only, you know, why is there only one guy? And keep going, has?
2: keep going, keep going, because there are two of my questions right there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> So, you know, and and it's funny, I, I've never co-authored before, but I feel this sort of possessiveness about the story now, where <laughs> I feel like, well, Gail's kind of mine now, right? Like, you're not going to make any, dis- which is ridiculous. She is not mine, but I... I I'm thrilled that Mark is even thinking about working with me again because I love her and I love this series. And working with him was not work, it was just fun. And so, you know, hopefully, if we can work our schedules out, uh, hopefully, we will do more together in the future.
1: So, Julie, what you're saying is you're now a horror writer. Come join us on the dark side. Oh, no. Come, Julie. We
2: have really good cookies here on the dark we side. We do, we do. I want you to realize that. And next after that, we're going to get you writing science fiction, okay. which will be even yes. funnier. Because <laughs> nobody writes funny, paranormal, romantic science fiction. And that's where we're going next, lady. Yes, so yes, just yes, keep definitely. in touch with that.
3: This could we'll be, be it. Face. This could be my genre. Yep.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, here's, here's the important thing. Um, in the writing of this book, before we wrote this book, we had to know some things about the universe that we haven't revealed yet. We, we both had to understand them. And we don't fully understand all of the details, just enough to be dangerous, just enough to get this story done. And we, and we actually planted uh, many, many hints in this book about that. Uh, and obviously, when you get to the when you get to the uh, epilogue, uh, there's, you know, you more is going to be revealed uh, in the next book. But Julie and I had to understand a little bit about this before we could write this book. And I feel that I couldn't have created those elements in that universe without Julie's hand, without her expertise, without her support, without her guidance, without her friendship all of those things and so in many ways just like i feel like Julione's Gale, like she gave her life uh that there are so many other elements that um i think yeah i think would be really intriguing let's find out more about her mom you know where did isabel go for all these years like where was she because michael never mentions her and that's one of the other things that i think was a lot of fun was Michael has memories of things that happened that you learned from Gail didn't exactly happen the way that he thought they happened. Because that's that's one of the, the flaws we have is we, you know, we all see the same thing, but we also interpret it differently.
2: It's an interesting. It's interesting how we've gone from. Playing in each other's sandbox to opening up Pandora's box.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yep. You read the description of the next book.
2: (laughs) Of course I did.
1: Of course I did. Do you think we're not going to be digging into this and trying to figure out what's coming next, Mark? (laughs) I wish I knew. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. you You see, that's the beautiful thing about, Mark, the way you write and why I love it so much is... You have some general ideas, like you said, and you 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 pepper it with you know all these things. But I know as a reader that I'm discovering it this at about the same pace you are. You're writing it, <laughs> and I'm it. We're really, you know, you're not like some writers, you know, that's like six books ahead. You you finished book one, and you've already got all, the other five already plotted and everything. You and I are just re- we're on a journey together. You're just kind of we went, are. You may even be ahead of me of half the time. time.
2: And I'm still uh, waiting for the book about yeah. Buddy.
1: Oh,
0: that's, oh. that's got to come out too. Yeah, yeah. There's lo- there's lots of things, right? Yep. There's, I need a there's, buddy.
2: There's a whole world out here, some of which, some of which Julie's involved in, mm-hmm. some of which maybe not. Yeah. But I think you know, as long as Gail's here, you know, <laughs> what can I tell you? There's romance in this world.
3: You're stuck with me, Mark.
0: It's <laughs> a good place to be stuck
3: <laughs>
2: I think yep. it's a great series of stories to be stuck with I think there's a lot of stories in this universe because the, the Canadian Werewolf series is uh, just a, 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 an interesting universe to be in that we kind of stumbled into by accident and uh, God I love it um, It's it's a fun series with some great characters and some great stories to be told. The latest story in this universe is Lover's Mood, written by Mark Leslie and Julie Strauss. And I can't thank you guys enough for taking some time with us tonight. Oh, thank Thank you. you. It's
0: always a lot of fun.
2: Oh, man, this is more fun than a barrel of elephant. Seriously. (laughs) Thank you so much, and you're welcome back anytime. So, you know, would you, would you do another book for us? And, and get to it, because, uh, yeah, this is cool. Um, links will be on the web page, and uh, read it, guys. Cool stuff. Appreciate it. Guys, you're welcome back anytime, truly. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you could find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watt sauce. We have, we love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to JoJo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons, shared joy increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody. There once was a girl from Nantucket. Good night, everybody.